You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher, and I will be your host. Today, we're talking about helping your kids navigate social media and technology with Sally Warren. Sally, welcome to the podcast. You have been on the podcast before, but why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay, yes. My name is Sally Warren. I'm a counselor on staff at Forest Hill. Um, I'm married. My husband's name is Trey, and we will have been married four years this October. And in the Karen Counseling Ministry at Forest Hill, I do a couple of different things, but I would say I concentrate my work with children and teenagers to some degree. I also work with adults and parenting and do some marriage work too, but... Um, I stay in the lane of kids and teenagers a awesome. good bit. Yep. Awesome. We are so grateful for what you and the whole Karen Counseling team do. It's incredible. And I'm always like, let's get them back on the podcast. Let's get them here. <laughs> it's always good uh, being able to sit at the table behind these mics yep. with you all. So before we get into the topic today, why don't you just tell us about Karen Counseling at Forest Hill? We always promote Karen Counseling. But what services do you all provide and how are lives being impacted by what you all do in that ministry? Sure. So in the Caring Counseling Ministry at Forest Hill, we provide short-term counseling. Um, all of our counseling is provided by licensed professionals. Um, we provide counseling to folks who call Forest Hill their church home. Um, and by short term, it usually ends up being about eight to 10 sessions on average of counseling after an initial assessment. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes when we do our assessments, we do realize that people need a little bit more long-term care. And in that case, we also provide referrals to other mm-hmm. Christian counselors in the community. Um, So that's a little bit about what we do. And I think lives are most impacted through our ministry because of the way healing can occur when you sit with a trained professional Mm -hmm. um, who knows a lot of the psychological information about different types of mental illnesses and things people can be struggling with that they come to counseling for and also has the ability and skill to integrate faith into that counseling session. So I think that's just such a powerful combination of um, resources that people can access where they can have a licensed professional that's also going to integrate biblical truth and pray with them and point them to scripture at the same time. So I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why our ministry is healing and impacting people. And then, of course, we invite the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. into our work, and He shows up and um, heals people, and it's pretty awesome. Sometimes I feel like I'm not even doing anything. He's just making the magic happen. Right. Right. Uh, I love it, and I know it's been such a blessing to a number of families and individuals, and myself included. I mean, I've gone through a couple rounds of six to eight-week sessions dealing with purpose, (laughs) calling, loss, death, job, everything like that. And it's been really good, and the team has been uh, beneficial and impactful in my life. So thank you for what you all do. Well, let's talk about social media and technology, kind of a big thing in our world these days. And when it comes to family and parenting, when it, it, in the topic of social media technology, I, I imagine it can feel like it's really hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. It's just always coming. The digital realm just seems to grow by leaps and bounds every single day. And there's something new on the market or a new app on the store that 
you just find out that our kids are using or that someone's promoting and it just shows up. And so would love to provide some assistance and encouragement to our parents as they help their kids navigate the digital realm. So what are some general observations and thoughts that you have about social media and technology in general? Yeah, well, I would definitely agree with you, Todd, that I think technology is advancing faster than even our understanding of its impact. So not only are there, is there always a new app, a new gadget, but we're playing catch up with our understanding of how technology Mm -hmm. is impacting us. One thing I thought was crazy that I just read a news article about recently, I don't know if you saw it, but CNN had this article about how people, they're seeing this horn in the back of people's heads that they think is because how much kids and we're, are looking down because of technology, Whoa. which I don't think causes us any harm, but we just have no idea Whoa. how much technology yep. is affecting us. So we're, we're playing this game of catch up. Um, and I think parents in particular really mm-hmm. feel that, that yep. they're trying to figure out um, almost in retrospect, how do I, how do I make sense of this and what do I do as a parent around this? Another thing I would say just as a general observation is technology really isn't inherently bad or good. It's more about what we do with it. But I do think it's important for people to realize that it's also not neutral, Mm -hmm. that technology, um, specifically social media and the apps that we get on, are developed by social psychologists Mm -hmm. to some degree out there in Silicon Valley, along with all the tech gurus. And they are creating ways to try to keep us online despite our maybe desire to get off and do something different, that Mm -hmm. they make it so that we will keep scrolling and click from one thing to the next without even thinking about it. And it really appeals to our lower brain reward system. in a way that we don't always realize that we mm. don't have as much control as we think. Yep. So I think that's just an important thing for people to realize is I'm definitely not here to bash technology, but it's not neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. And we can get stuck. I don't know if stuck is the right word, but when you talk about the brain and the pathways that are formed, mm-hmm. we just form habits yes. that just become behaviors that we're not quite sure. What did it connect back to? Right. Did it come back to purchasing the phone or did it come back to the technology in the phone or the video game or the streaming device, whatever it may be. Just the ding that we get kind of a a hit from every time we see someone like their photo, it gives us a sense of um, accomplishment or, you know, it plays that to that reward center and Mm -hmm. we don't even realize how many times a day, for example, we could be checking our phone. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I think we'd be surprised. I mean, yeah. I know that the iPhone, now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the iPhone even It'll will, you. you know, records yeah. and say, Hey, here's something the screen time you'll have. And I'm, I oftentimes I'm like, I'm just shocked to know, Oh my goodness, how much time yeah. we've been spending. So how does the influence of digital technology and so, social media show up in your world? And then specifically in your therapy sessions? Yeah. Well, it shows up all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. One of the things I would say is technology is really fundamentally changing our social interactions. Mm. I see that with teenagers all the time, that they they text or communicate via direct messaging of some sort. Um, But even with adults, it's just fundamentally changing the way that we communicate. People buy their groceries online and go pick them up now instead Mm -hmm. of going to the store and interacting with the cashier. So it's just it's fundamentally changing our world. Um, And one of the things that that creates in my office is a 
a significantly growing amount of loneliness. Mm. So people are more connected in some ways because of technology than ever, Mm -hmm. but they're not connected in meaningful ways. They don't feel known. They don't feel like people um, especially know the less Instagrammable parts of their lives, right? So I I think people feel um, a lot more lonely. I also think one of the biggest things that comes out in my office around technology, social media, and this is cross Mm -hmm. ages, is it is increasing our comparison. Mm. So we compare ourselves to other people so much more than I think we did in previous generations because we can. We Mm -hmm. see other people's lives. And not only do we see their lives, but we see the perfected highlight reel of their lives. And then we're taking that um, picture of our friends on vacation in Hawaii and we're sitting in our house with our kid who won't stop temper tantruming Mm -hmm. and thinking, wow, would be nice to be... Joe and Susie on vacation in Hawaii. And what we don't realize is they just had a huge fight for five hours and then got it together to take the photo. So we're, we're doing this comparison game because we have more access to people's lives. But what people also don't often realize is we don't have access to the authentic real life. Mm. We have access to the pictures that they choose to post or the messages or the tweets that they choose to, um, use. And then, and then the other thing I would say that comes up the biggest in my office that I think is connected to, technology and social media is I think it's really perpetuating the increase in anxiety Mm. that we see. So I think that, um, kind of going back to that whole wanting to get likes, wanting to kind of feel connected to people and then, um, over reading into messages. So someone hasn't texted me back yet, but they Mm -hmm. put my message on red, which I hear teenagers say all the time, why didn't (laughs) they message me back? Or I'm over analyzing the message that they said. Um, all of those different things around technology. Uh, also, you know, the way that kids are spending way more time mm. inside looking at screens than playing outside and other things that we know are anxiety reducing, being mm-hmm. active, stuff like that. So I would say yeah. also the spike in anxiety. Yeah, when I think about, you know, I'm 37 years old mm-hmm. at the time of this recording. <laughs> and when I use social media myself, I even wrestle with personal insecurity when I start, when I fall pray to the comparison trap or start getting anxious about what I don't have, what I haven't done, how Mm -hmm. unsuccessful I am. Then you go, okay, someone who is 20 years younger than me and hopefully maybe a little less mature than (laughs) me. Certainly, (laughs) certainly. Um, But even when it comes to the brain development, if brain development doesn't fully develop until Mm mid-20s or so, I've got a fully developed brain yep. up here and I'm wrestling yes. with these things and the effects that social media has on, on us. So from your standpoint as a, a counselor, what do parents need to know about social media to give them the basic foundation or starting point? Knowing these things that show up in your office, mm-hmm. what can you start to give to parents to give them some support and aid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I would say kind of to your point, we're driving today, Todd, Thinking about the brain, okay, so first of all, the first thing I would say, all pretty much every kid needs their parents to set boundaries for them around mm-hmm. technology. Yep. Kids are very immediate gratification, yeah. award-oriented. Their brains are not developed to be able to, you know, want to eat vegetables mm-hmm. or get off their iPad. Yep. So parents need to feel 
an obligation that it's really their job that they are their kid's frontal lobe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we're talking about their, that frontal part of their brain isn't developed and their parents do have a developed mm. frontal lobe. So they yep. really need to take that responsibility of saying, hey, I have to be the one to set the boundaries. My kid's not on his own, probably going to put down his iPad yep. and say, I would like to do my math and work now. <laughs> right? That would be awesome. But, um, and then I would also say around boundaries, also making sure they're age appropriate. So kids should gain more access and more freedom appropriately mm-hmm. as they get older. Um, and, and the other thing I would say about technology, I tell parents this all the time, is that when, when parents are thinking about technology, I think a really good way to think about it is how do we teach kids to steward this well? That I think there can be so much fear around technology, which honestly is fairly warranted. It It is scary to give our kids access to all the crazy things they could find. But the reality of it is technology is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And to just keep our kids away from it after a certain age, of course, um, really can do them more harm than good because at some point they're going to be handed their kit, their friend's iPhone, or they're going to go off to college and have access to whatever they want. And so can we, while we have the ability to teach and discipline and really model things for them, can we teach them how to steward it well, Mm. age appropriately, slowly over time? So that's a big encouragement that I have to parents, especially when they just want to keep technology away from their Mm -hmm. kids is number one, you can't, sorry. And number two, let's change our mindset and think about how can we teach them how to steward it well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be a big thing. For the stewarding concept there, it makes me think of manage how to how to yep. handle what you've been given. Yep. Right. It's kind of the uh, in the scriptures. There's th- this parable that Jesus tells about talents, which was money was given to three individuals at varying amounts, and they had to use it well. Yep. And so that kind of concept there can attach back to the scripture. And then at the end, they come back and two of them go, hey, I multiplied what you gave me. I was responsible. Mm-hmm. I stewarded what you gave me. The other one was afraid and they buried it. Yep. But there's this, the teaching in there is, are you going to be faithful with what you've been given? Mm-hmm. And that that notion alone just applies to parenting. Yes. And part of this, one of the most helpful things to me is when it comes to technology, you would never give your 11-year-old, 12-year-old, the keys to the car and go, all right, have fun, <laughs> right? We, they go through instruction. They have to go to class. I mean, all this is law, and they have to have time behind the wheel. Yep. But we'll just give them access to the world mm-hmm. through their phones. Yep. So I'm going to make this very long example. But um, the other day, I was grilling hot dogs. Okay. And my son regularly asks, like, Dad, can I help? Mm. And I'm like, it's fire, no, no, I'm an adult, you're a kid, you don't want to be messing with this. And through some of these conversations, it was like, well, who's going to teach them how to grill? Mm-hmm. Who's going to te- teach them how to handle fire? Who's going to tell them how to be responsible and grill hot dogs in a safe way? And so the other day, we fired up the grill together. I let them flip hot dogs and everything like that. But that connection, how can we walk along with our kids to steward it well? Yeah. What do what? Do they need to learn how to manage that Mm -hmm. in the right way? And I think I love what you're saying about it's slow and incremental, and Mm -hmm. we let them show us when they're ready for more freedom, right? So it's not like we just hand them the keys and say, go drive the car, but we also can't keep our kids away from cars forever, Mm -hmm. metaphorically, right? So how do we know our kids well enough and and be willing to kind of incrementally give them 
access over time. Right. The other thing I, I think is really important for parents is um, being careful about how they're modeling technology mm-hmm. use. So yep. I um, I just think that it can be, you know, we're talking, it's hard for us as adults to get off the screens yep. or not yep. let the comparison game make the best of us. And so I think it's really important for parents as they're thinking about how do I steward this well? How do I model and teach my kid? I can be saying all the right mm-hmm. things, but if I'm not doing it myself, that's going to speak louder than yeah. all the cool, great things I say about it to totally. my kids. So just totally. being really aware that if you mindlessly sit in the corner and scroll through Twitter mm. and tell your kid technology is something that we only use for 10 minutes a day, that's a confusing message. Mm-hmm. So also just being careful about what they're, um, what they're modeling for their kids. Yeah. One of the things that, as I reflect on that, that has been kind of just a new challenge that I'm more aware of is I use my phone and my iPad as my book. Mm. So my library is on there, especially with, you know, apps like Hoopla or Libby, mm-hmm. where, you know, well, the library is at my fingertips. So to my kids, they'll call me out. They'll be like, hey, why are you telling me to get off my phone? You're always on your phone. I'm like, I'm reading. Mm. But they don't know that, you know, so do I have to sit with my kids and be like, look, I'm reading a book <laughs> just like you're reading Harry Potter right now. Mine is just digital while yours is physical in that way. So that's just me kind yeah. of going, ah, it's hard having that open and honest understanding to go. This is how we're using it currently. And I want to be intentional with my time, yes. not wasteful. Sure. Reading a book can be wasteful. But I think even when we start to categorize those to yeah. go. Is there a difference? Are they the same? Scrolling mindlessly, reading thoughtfully? Uh, hopefully they I'd can, say. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would love to go a little bit more off script here. Okay. And when we talk about the frontal lobe, the prefrontal cortex okay. there, and kind of the, the main capacities of that development, empathy, impulse control, I have, I've heard a little bit coming out of some proponents of digital te- technology teaches those things. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about modeling those things, what's the balance there when it comes to, can digital teach us those life skills of impulse control, which you need to practice when you, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not overwhelmed by mm-hmm. technology. So what's kind of your, your impressions of that? Sure, that's a wonderful question. So I don't think there's a really clear cut answer. I think that's part of why it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of a couple of things. Um, one is that I, I think there are things that technology is really helpful for. I think mm-hmm. impulse control is one. Lots of video games teach yep. impulse control. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article that um, a lot of surgeons are required to play video games for 30 minutes before they go into huh. surgery because there's something about the way it kind of helps mm-hmm. them slow down, control their impulses that can be really beneficial. So especially if we're thoughtful about what our kids are doing yep. on the technology, we can utilize it to our advantage in mm-hmm. those ways. I will say that all a lot of the research I have seen around empathy is that technology really reduces levels of empathy. Now, mm-hmm. if you're reading a book that has one of the major themes of empathy mm-hmm. on your iPad, yeah. could that benefit it? Sure. Yep. But what technology does not do well for us is it limits our real in-person communication. And there's a lot of things that kids need to learn Mm. about um, people and how to 
put yourself in somebody else's yeah. shoes that you yeah. have to learn in a face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. There's a book that I love. It's called Unselfie by Michelle Borba. I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it. And she talks a lot about this, how we have a um, empathy crisis in mm-hmm. our next generation because they have such little in-person interaction. And because of that, they don't understand how to, well, nonverbals mm-hmm. are really hard for kids at are only focused on technology. And then they're just having a hard time building things like empathy. So I would say Mm -hmm. yes and no, that there are things that can be really beneficial for specifically if we're intentional about the content. But we also have to be careful that there is nothing that can replace in-person interaction or playing outside or being bored, which Mm -hmm. we also know is really important Mm -hmm. for kids' brain development and technology really reduces boredom Mm -hmm. in an unhealthy way also. So... It's a mixed yeah. bag. Yeah. Well, I'll use the the third uh, part of the the prefrontal cortex that is you know kind of highlighted, and that's metacognition, mm-hmm. and to kind of connect this to what parents can do to help their kids think about what they're thinking about yeah. in in that way. So we both know technology, social media, it's not going away nope. anytime soon. But how can parents begin to help their kids navigate technology and social media to think about? technology in a healthy way and then use it in a healthy way. Yep. So the biggest thing that I would say is I think that parents need to be talking with their kids about technology and social media. And it's almost like I would relate it in some degrees, although it's different to like having the sex talk. Mm -hmm. And that when I talk to parents about having the sex talk, it's not one conversation that you have and then you're like, okay, now you know everything you need to know about sex. That's it. (laughs) It's a series of developmentally appropriate conversations. And I think with technology, it needs to be the same thing. It needs to be more of an open conversation that we're having. I think that parents um, really need to inform their kids about what they could run into, what they could expect. And even if they have all the um, ways of protecting their kids from inappropriate stuff that's out there mm-hmm. on the world, on their technology, they go to school, their friends have technology. Um, there's other ways that they can get access to stuff. So talking with them about how would you handle um bullying, sexually explicit material, um, just things that are scary, you know, for younger kids, sometimes they see something Mm -hmm. that just freaks them out on technology. So having conversations and then having more conversations, the older they get about things like technology, sending nude pictures Mm -hmm. and talking about the brain, um, Kids don't have the ability to think about the long-term consequences Mm. of stuff like that, especially when we're talking about adolescents. So Mm -hmm. making sure that parents are having conversations where they help their kids see, hey, in the moment, it may seem like a good idea or be fun, but if you send a picture to a boy of that's inappropriate mm-hmm. and he says he's not going to show it to anybody, it could circle circulate around your whole school. So yep. just helping them think through stuff like that in a way that's not critical or judgmental, but just um, is healthy conversation and invites them to also come to you if something does come up that mm-hmm. they feel uncomfortable with or don't know about. So the biggest thing that I would say is have a lot of conversations and I would say specifically about sexualized content, pornography, Mm -hmm. sending pictures, stuff like that. And it probably needs to happen earlier than you think. Right. Right. Late elementary school, maybe it's like, okay, you have a tool and it could be a hammer, right? There is a right way to use a hammer and there's a wrong way to use a hammer. One is helpful and one is harmful. Same goes with any form of technology. There is a helpful way to use the phone It can do amazing things. Technology has done wonderful things in our world. So that to your initial point that we don't want to demonize technology, but we want to help them use it wisely. So I love what you're saying about start the conversation early. Mm. 
And even when you get into that, you know, I had a conversation with my son about him using his phone to go, hey, you know, we never send inappropriate pictures with this phone. But there may be times when someone sends it to you. What yep. are you going to do exactly. with that? So you yes. have an open-ended question, right, instead of just going, that's wrong. Now you've given them the answer, and you didn't give them the ability to think about it, mm -hmm. to come to the conclusion, to mature yep. in that way. Yep. The other thing I would say is um, just as kind of like a good starting point or something to think about is kids need accountability around mm -hmm. technology. And um so even if you don't check it all the time, it's really good for kids and teenagers to know that yeah. we have, to have an understanding as part of that conversation that, hey, you have a phone or you have an iPad, but me and your dad have the ability if we need yeah. to, or maybe once every so often to make sure that what you're doing is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And we honestly, we all need accountability, yeah. you know, in different parts of our lives. That's a healthy I think very biblically based idea, living mm -hmm. community, but I would say having some sort of accountability around technology and also technology is much more dangerous behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So yep. anytime you can um, put technology in more open, easily accessible places, it's a mm -hmm. protective factor for really everybody in your home, not yep. just the kids, but especially as they're trying to figure out how to yeah. manage it themselves. Yeah. Well, when you talk about <laughs> technology in private is like getting lost without a map. Yes. So it makes me think of uh, our compass. I think kids need a compass to to steer them back in the right direction, right? They're going to make mistakes as part of, of parenting, yep. uh, parenting kids and helping them even navigate mistakes. So how can our faith serve as a compass to guide us as parents and our kids through a digital world? Mm -hmm. What I would say is, Obviously, our faith gives us a value system, yep. right? It helps us know what, based on God's word, what is right and what is wrong. And we need to take technology and really sift it through the lens of that, yeah. right? So it gives us an idea of even when we're thinking about the sorts of stuff we expose our kids to. Does mm -hmm. this align with our value system? Does this video yeah. game, yep. <laughs> is it congruent with what we say we believe as a family? Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you can kind of, I think, easily differentiate between, hey, where's a what's a book that's really teaching good, helpful lessons? Yeah. versus a really gory mm -hmm. game that promotes death and yeah. other things like that. So so really filtering technology through the value system that our faith gives us is really important. And then, you know, I think the idea of freedom with boundaries is so biblical, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So when we think about how we're teaching our kids to steward technology, we're really using the biblical principle of, hey, um, you need to have appropriate freedom mm -hmm. with boundaries and, um, and there needs to be a level of grace that yep. we're not expecting you with anything in your life, including technology to handle it perfect all the time. Yeah. There's grace, there's going to be consequences. God allows consequences mm -hmm. for us, but there isn't an expectation that you're going to handle it perfectly. Or if you don't, then you lose your freedom forever, yeah, which yeah. is, I think, super biblical. Yep. Um, and then the other thing I would say, is the idea of Sabbath and rest. Yeah. And this comes from another book that I love on technology. Maybe we can mention these at the end again oh, yeah. for people, but yeah. The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch, he talks a lot about this, but the idea of Sabbath in the Bible and um, and putting technology into that. So mm -hmm. can we rest from technology? Can yeah. we have intentional breaks as a family where we say, hey, we're Sabbathing and um, technology is gonna be a part of that. So we're all gonna put our mm -hmm. phones down and be together. And can there be rhythms around that that we create a habit for? Yep. So that's another, I think, way that our faith can really inform how we steward technology. Yeah, now. it's in those, if you want to put a like a spiritual lens on it, it's 
the practice of being present yeah. to one another for that meaningful connection. But then you also can balance this out by saying the practice of experiences, creating shared experiences, yeah. which can happen around technology, right? Watching a Whether movie together. Watching a movie together, exactly. Playing a video game together. But having that that balance of those practices together so it's not just dominated by one yep. there. Um, and it all goes back to what you're saying about stewarding yep. and then giving them the tools yep. to use it successfully. Well, when do parents need to get help? That's a good question. My first immediate answer would be definitely if there is a crisis around technology that okay. has come up in the family. And most commonly, we see that in some sort of a sexual way. Mm -hmm. So if parents have recognized that something, some sort of crisis has come up with one of their kids being exposed, both mm -hmm. intentionally or unintentionally, um, to overly sexualized content, yeah. their child is secretly viewing stuff, something mm -hmm. has happened with something that's been passed around, a picture or yeah. something sexualized like that, I think um, that's a really good time to get help. And most families would know that because it does really feel like a crisis mm -hmm. for most parents yeah. when something like that happens. And I would also encourage any parents that are walking through that or have that um, it's not unfortunately uncommon for us. It's a yeah. part of the the dark side mm -hmm. of technology, but there's a lot of opportunities, especially when your kid is still in your house, for us to use it as a teaching, helpful experience for them. But yeah. I would not encourage them to just ignore it or remove the technology and not deal with it. I would mm -hmm. really encourage them to bring professionals in and let us figure out, hey, what's really going on yeah. in your kid's heart and how can we help, mm -hmm. um, help them grow through that? So I would say that's a pretty clear one. And then the other thing I would say, is really any time that they feel stuck and they have questions, they should get help. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we're kind of what we're talking about. We're all playing catch up yep. with how to understand technology. And I think that parents would do well to be preventative rather than reactive mm. to technology issues. So if yep. they're struggling with, we don't know what's appropriate for our eight-year-old mm. daughter um, yeah. or you know, our 13 year old is saying everybody in our school has a phone mm, and yeah. should we give her one or not? Um, I think those are great questions to bring professionals into and mm -hmm. to ask. And it doesn't have to be a big, long thing, but you could, you know, prevent a crisis from happening, but yeah. maybe not all the time, but by being proactive and yep. willing to say, hey, let's answer our questions now and not just try to figure it out the best we can. Mm -hmm. um, so really anybody that doesn't know what to do I would encourage them, Googling can get you, but so far right. there's some good books out there. And if yeah. that doesn't feel like enough, reach out. Yeah. And how can they do that? How can they connect mm -hmm. with care and counseling? Well, the first step is really just calling our main admin line and okay. scheduling an assessment. It's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. So you just call the number and it's 704 716 8775. Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll set you up with one of our counselors for an initial assessment. That counselor will get a good idea of what's going on, mm -hmm. who would be the best fit to help, whether that is in-house at Forest Hill or whether an outside referral would be the yeah. best bet. And then we kind of walk them through the process from yeah. there. So yeah. it just takes a phone call, right. sometimes a scary phone call for totally. people. But, but just to alleviate some of the, the stigma around that, this will not be the first time in history that technology has it got brought a person to a place where they're stuck That's and they right. just need some assistance and some care through it. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that the brain is affected by technology, whether it's our digital technology today or 50 years ago, whatever the main technology was at that point, mm -hmm. whatever the brain wires around, sometimes they need additional care. And yep. that's what care and counseling is for yep. here. Brain's a tricky thing. To well, understand. tell us about those resources that you shared. And then if you have any other final advice to wrap yeah. this up. 
There's lots of great resources out there, but two that I love are um, the TechWise family. That's by Andy Crouch, and that is a spiritually integrated perspective on technology, so I love it for that. Um, Some parents that I've worked with have found it to be a little extreme. He Mm -hmm. he takes a let's really have good boundaries and be cautious about technology perspective. I think parents can use their own discernment about Mm -hmm. exactly where they land on that, but the general principles of that idea and the way that he integrates faith into it is awesome. Yeah. Another book that I really like is called Unselfie. Yep. It um, it has nine steps for parents, kind of practical things they can do, mm-hmm. but it also talks about theoretically how are kids being affected by technology in ways that we might not realize, things like decreased levels of empathy and stuff like that. Just a really yeah. helpful, um, informative, and practical tool. So those are two of my favorites. There's lots of good ones out there. Um, so those would be my recommendations. Final thoughts, I would say, are... Um, if parents hear nothing else, I want them to know that um, they're not alone in the journey of managing mm-hmm. technology. This is something that we talk yep. about in our office all the time. Yep. It's such a common problem. And there's not a lot of easy answers for right. it, which is why it's so hard. We don't have a rule book for this. Mm-hmm. And then the other biggest thing is please talk to your kids yep. about technology. If yeah. you hear nothing else, please have consistent, um, safe non-judgmental conversations with your kids about technology and be somebody that they can talk to when they get stuck in their journey of trying to figure out how to maneuver it. That's good. That's a good place to land because parents, you are the primary influence in your child's life. God has given you that gift. So Sally, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Let me say a prayer to finish our time. Heavenly Father, thank you for technology. It has blessed the world for many, many years. And so we even thank you for digital technology. And I just pray that you would help us use it wisely, even use it for the kingdom of God to come to earth, to encourage and uh, set people free, and that they would discover that uh, God loves them, is with them, and that they can have an everlasting relationship with you through Jesus. And use technology to get that message through, like this podcast, or the Bible on their phones, whatever it may be, but I pray that uh, we would not let technology replace the meaningful relationships and connections that happen through relationship. We know that can happen through digital technology, but I pray that parents would uh, take their responsibility seriously and that they would uh, give their children the foundation they need, whatever age they're in, uh, to use Uh, whatever technology comes our way in a wise way that blesses the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.